0: hi welcome to motherhood in the diaspora uk my name is paulette i am a nurse and a mom living and working in the uk i share my experience being pregnant and traveling to the united kingdom while being pregnant and everything parenthood nursing and lifestyle so um, make sure you listen share and subscribe to all um, platforms. My podcast is going to be available on Spotify, um, Apple Podcast, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio and Anchor as well as YouTube now. Yep. So you're going to be able to listen as well as watch to all my podcasts here henceforth. And um, I appreciate the feedback and someone saying my episodes are a little bit short. So I'm going to make them a tad bit long, not too long, just a little bit long and give you more information. Someone also suggested that I should expound a little bit on the lab tests that I left hanging the previous episode. So make sure you've listened to part one, two, and three before coming to this episode in order to understand what we are talking about. And I'm just going to spend the first two minutes before we dive into today's topic to just expound on that. A quick disclaimer, I am not a midwife or a gyna. Kindly get correct information from um correct medics, just as plain adult nurse, okay? So I had done a lab test, and of this lab tests, there were four things that were quite abnormal that should have been looked at from the start that were simply ignored until last minute that almost costed my life together with my son's life. And these four things were, number one, HB, um, called hemoglobin levels, which simply, in for my non-medic listeners, this will categorize you whether you're anemic or not. And according to the severity of the lab values, I would say I was moderately, um, there's mild, moderate, and severe anemia, I was moderate. So if 0 is the worst and 10 is the best, I would say I have 5. That was my value. And the second thing was my platelets. Platelets are the components in your blood that help you to prevent excessive blood loss and help to clot. And this is very important during the delivery period. You want a mother when she's bleeding, she'll be able to arrest the bleeding on her own. So on this part, I was actually having very low platelets. And on a a scale of zero to 10, I was on a negative 10. And that is terrible for a mom like me expecting um, the first child. The second part of uh, my lab test was a urine test. That usually done for most moms when they go for their antenatal visits. And one of the things that was quite high were my proteins. These were very high from the very first time. You did the urine test, and also in the consecutive blood tests that were done in the hospitals that I'll explain later as well. Apart from that, there are also something called ketones, which are quite high. So for both proteins and ketones, there are very many things that can lead to high levels in the urine. But um, mine quickly turned out to be some form of kidney problems that should have been sorted out from the start as well. So those are the four things, but there is more meat coming in the next episode that I'm going to explain further on the um, on what happened and when um, all these lab tests were finally checked and, and we can finally get into today's topic, which is the reason why I left my partner back in kenya while deciding to come to the united kingdom okay so my partner and i have been together for about five to six years and i was the one who was always interested in moving when he wasn't mainly for the reason that he was doing quite well for himself he had his own businesses um, he had a good social life he had just landed a very good job um, in one of the very big um, private hospitals in kenya and he was doing very well i on the other side I'd spent about two years after, two, three years after getting my first employment and I felt like it was actually time for a new, you know, um, for a new environment and it was during that period where there was a huge influx of nurses traveling from Kenya to the United Kingdom and during the three periods, two to three years that I was doing my nursing, I was slowly completing the nursing process when my partner had no interest in it and a quick advice to couples who are planning to come to the united kingdom make sure you have a marriage certificate in order so that you can be able to get a spousal visa and that is one of the things that we missed out on we did not look into getting a spousal visa and i wish i had looked into the spousal visa because number one i would easily have stayed at home well, he came over as the main worker visa, and I will have joined him even five years later after, you know, staying with our son. And there will be no pressure of settling in a new country while expecting a child. And it will have been a better experience for me. And spousal visa also helps in relieving the pressure of working if you decide to come to the United Kingdom. If you're pregnant and you're a spousal visa, you may decide to work one hour every year for the next 10 years no one's gonna ask you if you decide to work seven days in a week no one's gonna ask you you won't be bound to a certain employer you can work for mcdonald's today you can be a nurse tomorrow you can be a cleaner the next week you can be the president the following week no one's gonna ask you <laughs> but if you are on a main work um main working visa called the theater visa or the skilled worker visa you are going to be bound to employers and there are going to be several immigration rules that are going to be a burst upon you that is going to affect your maternity leave as well as your maternity pay. And if I had chosen the spousal visa route, it would have been smooth sailing for me because at some point the pregnancy and especially the postpartum period was quite tough on me. And at that point, if I had my spousal visa, I would have easily gone back home and would have come maybe two years later when the child was okay and when I was okay, you know. So. On to second reason why I left him at home was, during the period that I was deciding whether to come or not, the government decided that it was the prime time for them to stop recruitment of nurses to the United Kingdom and this caused a panic, I would say, among people who had already finished the processes or almost finished the processes and this also meant that my partner had to accelerate his processes as well, he had just um, accepted into joining me, thankfully. But the government was almost closing and we had decided that, you know what, because we had landed on two different employments a week prior to the government um, actually going on TV and announcing that they're going to pause, put a pause on the export of nurses to the United Kingdom, that we literally had no time to check and maybe um, land different interviews that would have landed us in the same hospital or town. So we were stuck with each of us not being able to get a special visa and number two, we could not get different employment letters because the government would not allow us to do so. They had mentioned that if by the time they were making that announcement, you already had an employment letter or an offer letter, they would allow you to go to the United Kingdom. But if you did not, you had to stop and wait for them to give you the red or the green light for you to continue with the processes. And luckily enough, By the time they were making that announcement, we had both finished our processes. It's because we we had had some rumors here and there, and so we just decided, let's get done with this before the government decides to come into it. And thankfully, we did that, because we were literally saved in a matter of days. They just made the announcement. They were like, phew, at least we were able to do the processes before. Yeah, so that's another reason why. And the third reason, a little backstory into it. So my partner and I, back at home, we usually, not usually, but we used to live 500 kilometers apart from each other, okay? And I would I was living in a city called Mombasa City, while he was living in Kisumu City, which is about 500 kilometers apart. I don't know how many miles those are. And once a month, or even twice sometimes, we would visit each other. I would either catch a bus that was a 13-hour long bus to his place, or he would come to my place using a bus, or one of us would catch a flight and visit the other. If we spent maybe six weeks or six to eight weeks without seeing each other, we would always meet in the middle, especially if we had very few leave days, which is Nairobi city. We would always meet in Nairobi city and maybe get an Airbnb or a hotel, and we would just spend the whole week together, and this is, this was my thought process during that period. So while we were trying to figure it out if it's going to really work because at that point we still were not um, sure if we were pregnant or not i remember going onto google and just searching shrewsbury too because my partner was going to be based in shrewsbury so i just searched shrewsbury to liverpool on the google maps and checking the google maps i was shocked because it's just a two hour drive max max and then there were train rides, and I could see there was a train every 14 minutes. Yeah. And the train rides are about one hour 50 minutes away from each other. And I was looking at the houses that were available, and I was telling myself, you know what? If we we're in Kenya and we we're living 500 kilometers apart, and we were able to see each other at least once every six weeks, guess what we can do with a two hour drive? We would be seeing each other at least once every week. And if the baby comes, you can't decide to even live in the middle, get a car, and someone will be going to work um, maybe an hour, an hour's drive, because I'm sure the, the highways, there, are, you know, as straight as the ones in California. <laughs> you just put your car in drive mode and just go 160 and you'll be at the workplace in 30 minutes. Or you could simply catch a red train ride and be at work maybe in the one hour, 50 minutes. That means you would maybe wake up early and be at work by 7. But truth to be told, that is not the case. You, back at home, there are so many couples that live so many worlds apart, but they are able to make it because, number one, there's always someone to be to be in the house. And what I mean by someone is, most people at home afford a living nanny. So at any single point, you do not have to worry about who's going to be with my child, how is the child is going to be, and stuff like that. And despite at home, when you talk about home, just speaking about Kenya, Despite at home, we do not have interconnecting trains. We just have one single train that came the other day. We do not have the interconnecting trains and underground trains like the ones here, and we don't have the buses that connect towns as much as the scheduled ones, especially. We we do have the buses, but not the scheduled ones, like here. One could easily stay in one place and measure the distance and drive there. If it's a 20 minute drive, a Kenyan will make it in 12 minutes. But when I came to the UK, I simply realized it's not going to happen because, number one, the tr- most trains actually start their rides at around six, sometimes seven, others eight. Yet you're supposed to be at work at least at 6.50 a.m. if your shift start at seven. So th- that meant I would take a two-hour taxi every morning and evening. Nah, it wasn't going to work. Number two, if it came to driving, you are coming from kenya make sure you have a driving license because once you arrive here you can simply get a car and start driving immediately but we do not have that information prior and it would have made our transition very easy can imagine through my pregnancy period i was relying on taxis ubers trains and buses it was not it was one of the hardest period considering back at home i was so used to getting a car and if it was a public service transport and I, I would always get out of my house at 6.30, I mean, and by 6.50, I was always at work. But here, if something, if you put um, a certain distance and it tells you 20 minutes, multiply it by two because there are traffic lights, there are diversions, and you can't simply just drive 160 unless you're on the motorway. <laughs> so getting a car also, unless you've got a little bit of money on you, it's not going to be um, immediate maybe within the first three months, you'll be able to get it. Um, So those three um, things that I've just highlighted are the main reasons why I left my partner at home. But the good thing was now fast forward it to um, where I, I had left off in the previous episode. I was looking forward to his arrival, maybe in the next two weeks from the time I had done my ultrasound. And he was going to be based in Shrewsbury, as I had mentioned. So as I was preparing for my examination, we were um, hopeful that immediately he landed. He would be able to do his exams maybe six weeks, and then we would transfer. Either he would come to my hospital or I would go to his hospital because it, it simply wasn't working. You know, we always say, is different, which simply um, <laughs> translates to... It's not, the reality sometimes it's just shocking. I can't get the direct translation offhand right now. (laughs) You can comment what that really means in the comment section, ground between the different for the people who are not Swahili speakers. And so fast forward it, we were preparing for the exam. There's nothing much to talk about in the exam. So once you arrive in the UK, it's a must. You do your OSCEs within the first six months, I believe. And if you do not do them within the first six months, I believe, um you might be deported <laughs> they might cancel your visa so make sure you pass your oskis so um once you are preparing for oskis i remember during the period um i mentioned to one of my teachers that i was pregnant and the first thing she told me was you know i um we have just been subcontracted by your employer just to teach you guys an but we are not your employers make sure you reach out to your employers And tell them that you're indeed pregnant so that you can start planning for your maternity pay and maternity leave and stuff like that. But for now, because we are teachers, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to give you a letter that you're going to write all the things that um, you feel you might be exempted from during the exam period. And you might add on to some things that you feel if they are added on the exam period or the exam environment, they might make you feel better as a pregnant woman. So on that letter, I was taught to write everything. And one of the things I requested was, kindly, if you could exempt me from doing resuscitation, I would appreciate, apart from the other things that I included there, like um, water, uh, stuff like that. So um, thankfully, during the period, my teachers just advised me, you know what, you never know. Sometimes they receive those letters, and they actually um, accept. But other times, they usually give you random practicals, so just practice for it. And I remember getting into the exam, and the first thing I saw was the resuscitation text (laughs) set up, and I just laughed because I thought you guys are going to exempt me from this thing. How come are you trying to punish me for actually requesting for you to exempt me from this? So for those who do not know what resuscitation is, um, it's usually the part in the movies where you see someone Pumping on the chest, trying to revive a patient who's uh, maybe assumed dead. So, there's a whole scenario around it. Usually, given a damn, you're not given a real person, but there's a whole process into it that we are trained for and we are examined for during the process. And I was sweating and everything. It's only later on that she realized I was pregnant. And <laughs> I think she felt guilty, but thankfully I passed. So, yeah, that's just a funny story. So, prepare for the examination very, very, roughly in all places make sure you are good in all places so let's fast forward now my exam is done and we are preparing to go to liverpool my partner has arrived finally he has landed in shrewsbury and i was also trying to settle in liverpool liverpool we were going to be taken to a student accommodation for i think the first eight weeks were paid for once again i was not feeling that comfortable living in a student accommodation because my tummy was not becoming big and everyone was noticing that i was pregnant it's like you're an adult what are you doing in a student accommodation but remember it was for free and the finances i had were not the dangote type of um you know finances at that point i had to decide do i want to start living the landed girl life or was I going to save my small coins in case there was an emergency, I was able to take care of myself and my child, you know? And in the next episode, we are going to expound deeply and widely on my maternity pay, how I broke the news to my employer, um, how they were able to calculate my maternity pay, the amount I was paid for my maternity pay, how they calculated my maternity pay, And it might just be a part one and two, but I'm going to release them all at the same time because I'm loving the feedback that I'm getting on all my podcasts. So I really appreciate that. Um, But just to close this off, I would simply advise anyone who's coming to the United Kingdom and they are a couple, make sure you look into getting a spousal visa, a marriage certificate as well. um, And just assume that you are just going to be alone because I had not put into account that in case we lived two worlds apart and we had a child, who is going to take care of this child? And just look into the rates of nannies and childminders, and that's the name that um, they give house helps here. (laughs) Not really households, but people who look after your child. They're called childminders, some are called nannies. Also look at the daycares that are available and the processes of getting into these they care and getting these nannies because you would be shocked at the amount of money that you're required to pay for someone to look after your child. And you do not want to be as shocked as I was. And I still am shocked because it might be three times your salary. <laughs> yep, it is actually three times your salary sometimes. Sometimes it's a half of your salary and you've not even paid rent. So you might be in the United Kingdom. People thinking you're living the high life, but you're on loans and negatives and credit cards. So make sure you're checking on that. Otherwise, I'm thanking every one of you for listening. I am overwhelmed by the feedback. Now that it's on YouTube, kindly share, subscribe, give this to all the Kenyan people, all the Africans, all the international people you know who are applying to travel to the United Kingdom. Quick disclaimer as well, I am not discouraging, neither am I encouraging anyone to travel while pregnant i'm just giving my insight and my story in order for you to make your own decisions um depending on your circumstance okay so subscribe like and share i am paulette you can find me on all social media platforms as the paulette my podcast is called motherhood in the uk diaspora you can find it on anchor spotify google podcasts apple podcasts and I had radio. So, this is your girl, Paulette. We meet in the next episode.